Hello and welcome to episode 63 of the Friendcast. I am your host, Brandon Nichols. Joining me today is not Sam Spangler because Sam went out of town again. Granted, my new co-host was out of town too, but he made time. So keep that in mind, Sam. Joining me is one of my best friends in the whole world. Also joining me tomorrow on the Real Superhero Project, Ryan Myers. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's a little weird. This is being only your second podcast that you've... I just asked you, how are you doing? And now I'm asking you, how are you doing again? <laughs> hey, don't don't pull the curtain back. Don't pull the curtain back. Oh, there's plenty of curtain back. Uh, you can't hear him right now, but I have a AC unit next to me. We have uh, affectionately named Vic um, because we were trying to come up with a name for him because he used to be really, really loud and was almost on the background of every episode. I came up with Vic because he's an AC unit and he cools. And I came with Victor Freeze, and then I just lowered it to Vic. So sometimes we'll, we'll yell, shut up, Vic. Um, how is, uh, I, I, wanna, I guess I want to explain and introduce you a little more properly than uh, on the episode for tomorrow, because I would like to let people know how I know you. Um, many moons ago, uh, a mutual friend of ours had invited me to go, I was having a very rough, stressful day at work. Uh, my mom had just had surgery, and I'd been all over the place. And I got back to work, and a, a buddy of mine, Mr. Matt McClure, had said to me, hey, you know, after our youth group at church, we all, we all go to IHOP and hang out and play board games. And I was like, what did you say? And he said, we all go to IHOP and play board games. Uh, you should come. Maybe, like, relax you a little, take your mind off of things. And I was like, sure, why not? Um, so I went to IHOP with their little, their little core group of people. And among them was Mr. Ryan Myers who proceeded in the first five minutes of talking to me, make a, your mom joke. And uh, the first thing I wanted to do was mm -hmm. just square punch him in the face. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's what, not my finest moment. Well, you know, <laughs> I've, I, you know how long it had been since I'd heard a mom joke at that point in my life. It'd been a while. Um, I was married. Well, I was, I wasn't married yet, but I, I was just entrenched in going to, going to work, coming home, going to sleep, doing it again, over again. I was, I am a little bit older than you. Um, so your, your group of, your group of friends, this was a, a ritual for you people to do this and say this regularly, which has now become a part of my regular life, even at, um, <clears throat> 39 years old. <clears throat> um, but, uh, so that's that is how I met you, sir. And uh, yeah. we, we, I didn't, I didn't really. It took a while to get used to you um, and your eccentric personality. Was it, was it the same on your end? Was I a hard uh, person to get along with? No, I, I just had to figure you out. I think. Um, was it obvious I didn't really care for the interactions we were having? Oh yeah, it was clear as day. Um, <laughs> You were making uh, uh, no attempt to hide that you were upset with me, but um, you hung with me, uh, as I ask all people to do. <laughs> Patience is a virtue. You know, yeah, that, that can sometimes be people's reaction at first. Um, as you've said in the past, I come across as a bit of a know-it-all, or, you know, uh, I bet I'm always right. That's honestly something... Um, that I've worked on over the years. It is. And I will commend <laughs> you for that. I want you, I really want you to know that friend of friend that you have grown a lot over the yeah. years. And, um, and uh, yeah, a lot of that comes with, with, you know, getting older and basic maturity. But at the same time, I think you have always been a little receptive to people telling you 
when you're maybe pushing certain limits. Yeah. So I've I've been around you and I've even heard your wife go, Ryan, you're going too far. Yeah. <laughs> Let it go, bud. Yeah. So no, so now I've just learned to internalize it. You know, no I'm right, but just don't like run. <laughs> <it. laughs> it's the it's also you are you are exceptionally gifted at knowing a lot of useless trivia. Oh man, too much. Like I, I always say there's three types of intelligence. There's um there's there's like practical knowledge, which is like fixing cars, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> uh maintenance, construction, you know, these kind of things. I am not uh gifted in that area. And then there's like um what you consider like book smarts, you know, mathematics, engineering, science. You know, I've got a you know, a, a smattering of that, but Man, you want to, you know, know the weirdest random trivia? And I'll let you know. You may not want to know. <laughs> but I'll be like, hey, did you know this fact? And you're like, we're at a funeral. This is not the time. Um, um, I've I've gone to several. There's a bar downtown Lee Summit here where we live called um, Bricks that does trivia on Thursday nights. I've gone to a couple of those. And every time I've gone and come and left, the first thought that runs in my head is I just need to have Ryan do this with me. Cause I think he would really like it and be very good at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny, the, real quick, the mathematics thing you brought up. I learned a new way. My son taught me a new way of doing nines in ma- the mathematical table. I was always taught mm-hmm. the one number up, one number down thing was a good way to remember yeah. the nines. Um, apparently any number you times by nine, if you subtract one from it, the answer to the nine times, whatever is the subtraction of one is the first number and whatever the number it is to get to nine is the second number. And I was like, I'm going to be honest. I have no idea what you just said out loud with your mouth. I know it was, it was a weird thing. There was an image was sent to me from my wife and I was like, that doesn't make sense because of X, Y, Z. And then. She sent me Austin broke it down to which then I replied with algebra and Austin knew what I was talking about because he's he's very math smart. And he was like, well, this and I went, "Okay, well, that's what I meant. I didn't say it right. He goes, yeah, but that's it. And then Monica got her phone back and she's like, you guys need to stop talking in math. I don't like this, (laughs) nor do I understand it. Right. (laughs) Um, So, Ryan, uh, big questions. uh, Always the opening topic to the show. What have you been playing? Um. Well, my kids have pretty much taken over my PlayStation, but what games I do have remaining, um, the most interesting one I played recently is a game called Maquette. Have you heard of that? Yes, uh, it was a free uh, free game on PlayStation Plus a couple months ago. I, have, yeah, I played a little um, bit of it, but not much. Yeah, it's really cool. It's like a recursive puzzle game. There's a scale model of the world that you're in in the middle of this like plaza, you know, and so there's different areas you can go in, um, but whatever you do to the model will affect the world itself, and you use that in interesting ways of like shrinking yourself or uh, you know growing objects or, or different things like that. And so that's been kind of interesting to play through. My kids can watch that one. Honestly, a lot of the games I do play, I have to make sure it's like appropriate um, for my kids. But then again, um, we also make characters on Soul Calibur six very uh, <laughs> very inappropriate some characters well well that's the, we don't let them play the actual character models they only ever play the ones we make which are right. appropriate um so the latest ones i think were um buzz lightyear uh poison ivy um pikachu 
you know. Right. <laughs> Your standard fighting game character. And other now, even this is this predates you having children. Um, you, you and your wife have always liked to and continuously play Minecraft, right? Uh, we we play it off Cre- and on. Uh, the, creative the type doing, stuff. The the thing we've been doing lately, um, since around Christmas of last year, um, is like challenge doing like a challenge rather than just building randomly. Um, so like for Christmas, uh, the challenge was to build a scene from a Christmas movie and see if it's like readable to someone that could just, you know, look at it and see what movie it was. Um, so I did, uh, the scene from how the Grinch stole Christmas at the end where they're all standing around the tree holding hands. I thought that was built the whole town around it and everything. And then I turned around and my wife did, um, national lampoons, Christmas vacation, um, complete with the reindeer on the roof, all the lights, the tree on the, station wagon the rv with the guy dumping his i uh, <laughs> i will admit i when i saw these last week i was so impressed in what lex did i was oh, like, yeah. like she, i saw she, yours and i'm like yeah that's you know i get it that looks really good and then you're like yeah but look at this and i'm like uh whoa yeah that's really good <laughs> so yeah we go back and forth but she definitely won that one but um you know tree houses zoo exhibits you name it like it's just been kind of fun and it gets our kids into it too because then you know they they want to try and do the challenge so it's it's a it's a fun way to play that it, it, you know and it encourages 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 uh imaginative you know creativity and trying to think outside the box and stuff like that too so yeah um have you watched anything interesting lately are you any shows or anything you're in the middle of or movies? I know you said uh, on the uh, Real Superhero Project you haven't watched Black Widow yet. Do you have that in your planned future? Yeah, that, that's hopefully sometime this week we're going to get to finally watch it. Um, let's see. Are you going to go to the you, theater or are you going to Disney Plus? No, we're going to Disney Plus it. Um, I mean, honestly, like after we could talk about Disney Plus for a second. With the, the premiere pass thing, you know, it comes out for free in October, I think. Right. Um, so we could hang out for that. But honestly, if you're not going to the theaters, which we're not, um, it's a, roughly the same price of admission. You it know? it really is. We, cause $12 my, a ticket and you got snacks and everything. Yeah, Mo- Monica and I had talked about it, about actually going to the theater to see it. And um, thank you, son, my amazing child. The, the number one reason to have children people is to have them be gophers for you. Yeah, handy <laughs> Just walked by me and I was like, hey, give me some more water. Um, we we talked about like actually going to the theater and I, I was like looking at the cost to go see it at an appropriate time of day and mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that's, that's already almost $30. I could sit yeah. at home. It was, so we, we went to um, Dollar Tree, spent seven dollars on snacks mm-hmm. on candy and other snacks and then we bought that and we sat there and watched it so yeah exactly so yeah we're, we're definitely gonna take that angle on that um let's see recently you were kind enough to uh lend us your hbo max oh yes so oh did you guys did actually watch, watch? Cut of justice league um we won't go into it here because you won't be happy with me but um, I will say I this. Care. I will say this. It was more cohesive <laughs> um, than the original cut. Well, uh, I just felt 
and and I think Lexi would echo this. It just felt a bit indulgent that even though it was more cohesive, it still could have likely been edited down, maybe even significantly. Well, it was supposed to be part of uh, three movies initially, and they told him to cut it down to two, and then they butchered it after they told him to cut it down to two. So, but no, yeah. I, I'm not. Well, I mean, I by no means say the the Snyder cut is is like the best movie in the world or anything. <laughs> But my problem is when the what I call the Justice League, the original theatrical cut, is just makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And like when when the the Warner Brothers executives tell you we don't understand the Flash time travel stuff, get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, do you not read your own comics? Do you not right? You know, and then. The same thing was, uh, oh, what was the other thing? There was something else they were about, like, well, that, oh, d- did you hear this quote about um, in Man of Steel, the Warner Brothers executives were telling him not to use the his escape pod that he returned, or that he came to Earth in, where in the Man of Steel, he uses it as a bomb to blow up, or they use it, not, not Superman, but the military uses it as a bomb to blow up Zod's ship. And oh, really? You've seen Man of Steel, have you not? I've seen Man of Steel, yeah. Yeah, in that movie, they they use his pod that or his the pod or something that he's in in at Earth to blow up that ship. Mm-hmm. A Warner Brothers executive said, "Don't do that because how else will he get back to Krypton?" <laughs> and David Goyer, who was one of the writers for it, and the I think he was also on the Nolan Batman stuff, goes. He's not going back to Krypton. You just had 30 minutes of watching it explode at the start of the mm-hmm. movie. Like what? <laughs> and I'm like, it's like, the, I don't know who's in charge over there, but I had a whole episode, a couple episodes on UBS where I was bitching about how Marvel has somebody who's in the comic book industry. That's the face of the company running Marvel entertainment. And Disney right. just says, go do your thing. Warner brothers yeah. needs to do that. And then just go the hell yeah. away. We'll distribute it. <laughs> you guys, you guys do it justice. Right. And like, that's all you got to we'll, do. We'll stay Which out of I it. will say, on the flip side, and, and I don't ever want to make this Marvel versus DC because, you know, they've all got their, their good points and their bad points. I will say DC has Marvel beat hands down on their animated shows. Um, I that would. was another one that we immediately turned around and watched with that new Harley Quinn show. Oh, that's, uh, that show phenomenal. is hilarious. Yeah, exactly. Just Batman um, can't do anything too much to Catwoman, apparently. Oh, man. Uh, Commissioner Gordon <laughs> slayed us the whole time. Anytime he was on screen, it was gold. Um, um, but yeah, DC has always... that That's the thing that, that shows me that DC can write good scripts. They can write cohesive stories that are cool and in a, in a way that Marvel probably can't. Um, well, I just because Marvel being distributed by Disney, I think, is a bit handcuffed in what they're allowed to do. As far as like um, the do- last Doctor Strange movie was supposed to be, or the the newest one was supposed to be um, more horror right. um, themed, and they actually lost the director to that because of that, and so they um, begrudgingly, in my mind, uh, went a different route with a new director. I'm not a big fan of. Uh-huh. <laughs> so are you excited and, to see the what if series on Disney plus? Do you think 
that you you have high hopes that they'll be able to do some good stuff there? I'm I'm kind of lukewarm on it. Like I think it's a really cool concept. Um, just to be like, hey, what if you know Captain America was Peggy Carter instead? Which <laughs> interesting note on that, by the way, if you rewatch, and I didn't know this, if you rewatch um, the first Captain America movie, the part um, where Tommy Lee Jones pulls the pin on the grenade and throws it out, and Steve runs over and climbs on it. If you look in the background, Peggy is actually rushing forward, too. I, I saw that. First. I saw that. I think, I don't know if it was on TikTok or something, but I saw that recently, too, and I was like, son of a bitch, who catches this stuff? Like, who I know. Who it was so good. This? But that's exactly what I'm talking about, is, like, those little things like that are what I think sets Marvel apart um, and gives them room to do things like this. Yeah. You know, so they can say, well, maybe Peggy makes it to the grenade first, and then Erskine goes, well, does it have to be a guy? You know, maybe right. it could be Peggy. And so that works out um, in that regard. So, I mean, I think it's going to be fertile ground for new ideas, um, but I'm, I'm still, you know, keeping my expectations low because these might just be short one-off stories that may not be as satisfying as the stuff they've been putting out lately because the, the rest of the shows they've been putting out have been very um, powerful. Yes. Uh, that's a, so that is a very good way to put it. It's not going to have the same punch. Is right. All. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and move on to some of the things I want to talk about this episode. Michael B. Jordan is officially, there's been so, many, so much talk about it, is officially doing a Superman series for HBO Max set in Earth 2 with both the character Val Zod. Uh, I'm a huge Michael B. Jordan fan, and when they rumored that they, he was going to take over Superman, I was very like, man, I don't want to lose Henry Cavill. I don't know what they're going to mm-hmm. do with him. But now that they basically said, look, we're doing this, it's going to be a show on HBO Max, and it's this Earth 2 version, and I'm now I'm just like, okay, give it to me. Give it to me now. Get started on it. Get going. Do you like Michael B. Jordan in this role? Oh, man, I love I, I love Michael B. Jordan in any like, I like him in Fantastic Four or Fantastic or whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> he's just, he's got such charisma. And I think that's something that's been lacking from the last few outings for Superman. Um, because Brandon Routh and um, uh, Henry Cavill both have charisma. They, like, I've seen them in, in other things. And they're phenomenal. And so I'm just wondering why they constantly want to handcuff Superman to be this, like, you know, subdued, you know, like he's, they, they take the idea of him holding back too far. I right. Think. Whereas I think Michael B. Jordan will be able to let him be emotive and be able to let him, you know, breathe a little bit and rather than just. And I'm hoping the fact that it's on HBO Max, he'll get that freedom to let them do whatever they want to do with the series. Um, the, and I will say this about Brandon Ralph. I have always felt he was robbed of making a good Superman movie because they were so wanting to make it an extension of Christopher Reeves. And they were like, this, this is supposed to wrap off, wrap up Christopher Reeves story. Um, basically be Christopher Reeves. And like, even though he tried, I just felt like, like I liked him as Superman, this just the story was garbage, and I'm like, man, I think you could have done so much more had you just been like, Brandon Routh is the new Superman. Let's move forward. Let's see what he can do. 
and yeah. not try to wrap it up into something else. And I like, like you, I have liked everything I've ever seen Michael B. Jordan. And now I will say I've never seen fan four stick. I've never seen that, <laughs> that, that uh, fantastic four movie. I'm looking forward to the point when it comes up on the real superhero project, because I, I'm a huge fantastic four was one of the first comic books that I fell in love with as a kid. So mm-hmm. I, I actually enjoyed the original couple that they had. Um, like I didn't love the silver surfer one, but like getting to see it on a live action scale in the first one, I kind of geeked out over. Um, but I felt it could have been better. Uh, and then yeah. the, the, the silver surfer one was like, man, but I, and like, you know, they cut a lot of flack for a black person being, um, uh, the Johnny. And I was like, I don't understand the point of being upset about this, but I like, I like him as a person and I like all the other stuff I've seen him in. So I, I think this has a lot of good potential and it's something I think DC needs to do more of is explore random other things and just one-off stories and stop trying to do whatever it takes to copy Marvel. So, right. It's just my personal opinion. Um, cause, cause for me, if this succeeds, then they'll look at other alternate earth versions of other superheroes and see where it yeah. goes. So, um, today, um, tomorrow while we're recording, but today, uh, there will be a new Ghostbusters trailer dropping. Are you excited for this movie? I don't know. I think it's a cool idea. Um, and I really like the idea of like Paul Rudd and Finn Wolfhard being in it. I think the, those two, um, can carry a lot of things, but I don't know. It, it to me, it's like they keep trying to recapture lightning in a bottle. The first two Ghostbusters were iconic, and it's really hard to like do that again without any of the people that were in it the first time. Does right. that make sense? Right. So, I mean, I like, like I, I like the direction of it more than the, the previous outing, not because of the whole gender swapping thing, because I think, honestly, that could have been done better and been fine. Um, but... I think my biggest complaint with the female cast version was like, is, are the Ghostbuster movies funny? Yes. They are funny mm-hmm. by happenstance and the stuff they put in it, but they're really suspense movies or, you know, like a play on right. horror style movies. And I think that's why the first two were really good. And then they took the all female cast and they just made it a comedy. Right, And that was like, I think my biggest complaint and like all the fawning over Chris Hemsworth. And I'm just like, this isn't what I want from a, from a Ghostbusters movie where I, so I'm a little more excited for this one because they are taking it back to like, and it sucks because I want to say to the other cast, but it is supposed to be a continuation from what I understand made by, because his son's making it. So it's like everything is supposed to be um, a continuation in the further down the line story. I think there's supposed to be a couple cameos by people. I think Bill Murray is in the movie. Okay. But they haven't like fully announced everything. They just had the one teaser thing they released like three years ago. Uh, I think there was supposed to be more stuff last year, but COVID. So um, that's why like, I'm really looking forward to seeing this trailer because I think for me, the trailer will, will be, be a huge tipping point as to whether everybody's going to be super excited about it or go, Nope, they're just rehashing stuff that isn't funny or doesn't need to be done or anything like that. Right. Right. 
But I think as long as they get the main people back into it, I think it'll like if yeah. there's a couple people in it and they have good cameos and it makes sense and not like a well let's just stick Bill Murray here because he's Bill Murray and everything he touches is good. Right. Well, and I also think you really have to go hard on the um whoever the big bad villain is. Like the first one was a literal like transdimensional demon that you know was like Right corrupting a building you know that was specifically built to be a gateway and then the second one was the physical incarnation of Vigo the Carpathian you know eater of souls huge river of slime that whole (laughs) thing you know and so to go into this next one if it's just like you know the the last iteration then yeah it's not gonna um, I don't think it's gonna land it's just gonna feel like they're trying to knock off stranger things or right like because there are kids involved too so it's like it gives me it gives me honestly it's giving me super eight vibes i don't know if you saw the movie super eight i actually Um, i actually enjoyed super eight i felt it could have been better but i'm a big big fan of that film i'm just saying like if they go that route that's fine i just think the the big bad needs to be rooted in that occult you know dark Right. type thing because that's why it always played so well is these four goofballs you know these guys who shouldn't be really be doing this are the only ones right. there to protect us and so if they can if they can pull that off i think i think it'll land yeah um you and i are both uh parents who play video games and I, I, even though you've already said that you kind of uh, do adjust your playing style to having kids i was the same way for a while i i eventually stopped caring a little bit um, but um what uh what is what has been your most challenging aspects of being a parent and introducing your kids to video games and also wanted to know what your most you know, like one of some of your more exciting moments of the same thing um i think the most challenging one is pretty easy and honestly it, i i the perspective that our generation has versus the one that came before was growing up with video games, I can spot the problems when they happen a little bit better because I, right. I knew them growing up. Um, but for me, I think the biggest challenge is making the rest of the world as interesting, if not more interesting, so that my kid isn't just like engrossed in this one thing and right. only wants to do this one thing. You know, I want him to be able to interact with the world and have a sense of wonder and have a sense of, you know, inquisitiveness, you know, trying to figure out the world and things like that. So as much as we let him play games, we also, you know, we've got swings out back. I try and take him to the creek and, you know, show him how to catch crawdads and, you know, these kind of things and, and try and we, we do our best to expose them to as much as we can beyond video games. But we also like I said, having that perspective of growing up with video games, understand that there is value. You know, there's a lot of stories that I remember growing up with as a kid that played out over the, you know, through video games, just as much as a movie or a book or something like that might have moved me. Um, and so I want my, my kids to have that experience as well. So I don't, I don't ever want to, like, you know, make them feel bad for enjoying it. 
I just want them to understand that there's more beyond that. Does that make sense? Right. No, no, it does. I've always, I've always, I've told, I told Monica that I have a feeling that I was a large influence on how you let your children, you personally, Ryan, let mm. your children experience video games from the moment that my three or four year old son yelled <laughs> frag out as he was, as cause I was playing oh, no, so he, much Call of Duty. Let, let me, let me make sure the record's clear. He didn't yell frag out. He yelled suck it after I yelled suck it well, during a round of Call of Duty at your house. Right. Which, and I immediately looked at Monica and I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I did not consider my audience. <laughs> right. Well, because I think it was something back to back because I felt like first it was me and you were like, see, Brandon. And then it was you yelled suck it and he yelled suck it. And then you were like, mm, sorry. Yep, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> What um what has been is there been a, a gaming moment you've had with your children that you were like really excited about whether it was like playing Minecraft or making something together or where you just had like wow this yeah, is a lot of fun um, to do I think seeing my kids get excited for the games that I play um, and want to play them too I think is a big one um, I I may have mentioned earlier that we play Soul Calibur and we make characters and stuff and um, seeing my kids genuinely like engage in that and get excited. I'll, I do have to, <laughs> I do have to teach them that, uh, attacking back is not cheating. <laughs> Fighting back is not cheating. <laughs> like they are always yelling, you're cheating or you're not letting me fight or please daddy, stop it. My character's already dead. You know, these kind of right. things. Um, which funny story is back when, um, I was actually living with you for a while. Um, we were playing Soul Calibur at your house, and um, my soon-to-be wife, which is now wife, Lexi, um, was playing along, and at some point you decided it would be so nice to say, you know, hey, Ryan, why are you letting her win? <laughs> and Brandon, like, I always... I, I tell everyone this when we play. I've been playing this um, since the Dreamcast, you know what I mean? Like I know these characters, I know the movie. I could be anybody, most anybody, anytime. Like I can't play online. Those people are crazy, but just anybody that's just picking up the controller, I will decimate them with soul caliber. It's okay. Not all fighting like, games. Soul caliber. Right, right, right. So it's fine. And so that's something I have to be careful with my kids. And this is another challenge too, with gaming is how hard do you go on? You know right, what I mean? Right. Because, like, one of them is, like, three, four. He's four now. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and one of them seven. It's like, I can't just dunk on them the whole time or they won't want to play with me. But at the same time, they get really cocky, Brandon. <laughs> oh, oh I, I'm sure they do. <laughs> and they will, they will talk trash and they will, you know, get in my face about it. And so sometimes, you know, you got you to gotta sit them down, you know, remind them, you yeah. know, who the king is. Usually I out my thomas the tank engine and uh, <laughs> that's my main is thomas and uh, just you know show them that i understand the mechanics and that means i can win anytime i want which, i'm letting you win because i love you <laughs> <laughs> which soul caliber character do you have thomas based off of siegfried he's the guy with the huge two-handed gotcha. sword right 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 um yeah see i I, I struggle with I have always been really good with both of my children at the letting them win just enough 
to where they get mm-hmm. excited and then reeling it back in for them. Where, what, who is not good at it is them between each other. Um, yeah. Austin just can't grasp the idea of he needs to let his brother get, get a win because it's one, it's good for self esteem. And yeah. it's it's good for the relationship between the two of you. Um, the But at the same time, they've never seen Austin be more defeated than when he tries to play his brother at Rocket League because mm-hmm. Logan destroys him at Rocket League. <laughs> there was, I, I tell this story where, um, I think it was like two years ago, um, Logan, yeah, because I think he was seven at the time. Logan was playing rocket league and this guy kept was like hey you really kept inviting him to a private chat and we have rules like i'll let you play rocket league but you cannot be in private chats with anybody and if people try Mm -hmm. to trade stuff with you you can't do trade stuff but he's gotten Mm -hmm. so good at rocket league just off of his basic knowledge of how to play it it's like it's it's one of those things and he gets ultra competitive too like he and i have to try to reel that in but this guy kept kept inviting him to keep playing with him on all his teams. And I guess this guy was a kind of a professional rocket league player. Like he's mm-hmm. ranked or something and he was having a lot of fun and he just kept sending him voice in invites and he kept, and like he sent him a message at one point. He's like, why won't you join my voice chat to where we told him, just tell him, tell him the truth. And so he replied and sent him a message saying I'm seven years old. And he replied and goes, no, you're not. <laughs> and so I said, I'll tell you what. I said, let him, let, let him do the voice chat. And so they got on the voice chat and Monica go, was like, this guy was like bewildered. He was like, there's no way. You're really seven years old? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I have never met somebody on this game as good as you that is as young as you. And, like, he goes, do you want to learn some advanced stuff? And he was like, well, what are you talking about? So he started teaching him some advanced moves in Rocket yeah, League yeah. when you're through the air. And, all, and, next, and you know, that just made Logan more cocky when he plays Rocket League now because he's learned advanced stuff from somebody <laughs> who's basically a professional at it. So when he plays his brother right. at Rocket League, it's it, as much as Austin won't ever let Logan get a win on him on anything, and he always pushes him back on any games they play together. He has no right. he has no way of beating his brother at the Rocket League, and I don't think he ever will. And I think that one that's, little that's what I was trying that one little thing. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that yeah. one little thing is so fun to watch. Yeah, well, and that's something I was trying to tell Owen is like someday he's gonna be big enough to beat you, you know. So you right. have to remember that. But like right now, your job as an older brother is to teach him to be a player that's fun to play with. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like you could just dunk on him the whole time, or you could teach him the control and, and help him to be a better player. And then you'll be able to enjoy playing games with him rather than having to sit here and, oh, I got to play with my brother again. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, right. Now, I think, I think you have a little bit of an advantage of your children's ages are closer together, whereas mine are five years apart which I would yeah. think I should have a bigger advantage in getting them to do that because my son should be old enough to understand this. <laughs> but I just can't ever get it through Austin's head that he needs to play along. And then it's even more fun right. when he gets cocky with me. And then I'm like, Austin, I don't think you realize how much I let you beat me when we play games. Like, No, you don't. So there have been times where I've been like, all right, pick a game. <laughs> like, yeah. And we do it. And he's just Here like, we go. <sighs> I don't understand this. Like he got agitated. Um, 
I was playing MLB Road to the Show the other night, and I was I have I am very I don't mean to be cocky. I think I've told this story on here before. I'm very good at pitching in MLB Road to the mm-hmm. Show. Um, it's there have a dynamic uh, thing where it it automatically scales up the difficulty based off, off the game, judging how well you are at it. I'm middle of the road at hitting, but I am the top tier Hall of Fame, whatever their top thing is when it comes to pitching. And mm-hmm. I'm sitting here pitching a game, and Logan just goes, let me pitch one. And I'm like, mm. I'm in the middle of a game, and I'm like, I had to tell myself, it's just a video game. It's not that big of a deal. Just let him play, mm. make a couple pitches. So he did. And then he got really excited about it. And the next day while I was at work, he wanted to bat. And so he was getting aggravated that he couldn't hit the ball very well. And I, he goes... Well, he see Monica texts me and goes, well, he keeps saying this isn't the, how you hit. And I said, well, I have a different setup via the camera. The default setup's like back up. You can see the whole field. You can see all the players. Mine is zoomed in on just the strike zone, so I get a better straight-on shot of the balls that comes in when I swing. And I guess mm-hmm. Austin was running his mouth the whole time. Well, this is not how Dad does it. So I changed it, and then he was like, okay, well, let me do it, and he couldn't do it. So I changed it when I got home, and I – handed the the controller to logan and i explained to him like what to do first pitch he just rips one down the right field and i'm like mm-hmm. he goes, i'm like it's like doesn't this i was like do you like this view does it help me he's like yeah it's really good i really like this and he keeps hitting them well then austin who couldn't do it earlier today goes well it must be easier now hand me the controller fouled off a couple but couldn't hit the damn ball and i'm like it's timing austin come on you can do this and he kept getting agitated so then I had to sit Austin down and give him a couple other uh, things. And he finally got one hit. And you'd have thought he won the World Series. He was like, yes, I got it. And I'm like, and Logan just stared at him like, what is your problem? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, you got this. Yeah. Um, do you, uh, I'm, I'm going to go back to the brother thing from earlier. Do you, do you see you and your brother when you watch them play games together? I I don't see it yet. And I, that's something I honestly would strive for them to, to reach. That's like my hope for them just because when, when I played with my brother, when I played games, it was very like symbiotic. Like we worked together in such a way that it was intuitive. Um, like we, we knew what the other person was going to do and it was never like a fight over like, you know, oh, it's my turn to play. Oh, it's my turn to play. No, it was like we knew when it was time for the other person to step in because they were better at, at this kind of game or, or this, you know, or if somebody was just hitting a wall and was not, you know, getting past. Because this is back, Brandon, when games were games and we played, you know, hard right. stuff like Sega games. And no, no save points, <laughs> no. Early, you know, right. PlayStation 1 games and stuff. Um, a lot of RPGs and things like that. So we that's what I hope for my kids is that they can get to the point where they don't see the other person as an adversary or someone taking away from their time with the fun thing, but that being together and and enjoying that together is the fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I can get them to sit and actually play, um, they'll play Roblox together. Sometimes Uh, when they'll sit down and they will play Minecraft together. Austin can still find a way to annoy him. And Logan, honestly, is very easy to find a way to annoy Austin. But those, mm-hmm. I do like sitting back and watching them when they play that together. Austin is infatuated with Fortnite. So, like, every once in a while, 
I struggle with it because he, 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 like I said, he's ultra competitive, but like every once in a while we'll let Logan play with him. And it's like, I tell Austin, it's like, look, if your brother's going to play with you, don't hound him, help him. Mm. But like, and he will for a little bit, but then like they're too far apart and he'll just start shooting at him. And Logan's Mm. just like, why are you doing this? (laughs) I'm like, Austin, you're supposed to work together with him. And he's like, Oh, I know. I'm like, do you? (laughs) Right. So, um, all right. Well, go. I, you know, I, it's one of those things that I've always like gaming has been such a huge part of my life growing up that I was so, I was excited when I felt like they were at ages that they, I felt they could play games and like yeah. whether it be Mario Kart to start off with or Super Mario Brothers. My, my Logan will sit down and play Mario Galaxy for hours. These both of my children have beat Mario Galaxy, not Mario Galaxy. Is that the Switch game? odyssey odyssey um they've both beaten this game 100 times but they will both sit down and play this This, that's the game they probably play the best together with because one of them will be the hat and one of them will be mario and they'll swap back and forth austin's collected all the all the collections in the game but logan will just sit there for hours and just like he just loves the that version of of a video game and i got the i got them playing undertale now I got them. Uh, oh, yeah. I got Austin's. Well, I got Logan started on it, which then made Austin go, I want to play this. I want to play this. I mean, you play it on your own time, but they crack up. Have you played Undertale? Uh, I haven't, but I've seen clips of it. Okay. Well, it's, I, I, know, I know, like, the general concept. Right. It's fun watching them because they're crack up while they play it and all this other stuff. And then, so it's like they both seem to like that side scrolling adventure thing. I'm, uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to have them, I want them both to play uh, Zelda the initial Zelda that you can get on the switch on with Nintendo online, because I think, I yeah. think that's the type of game, especially with Austin, but I think Logan might like it too, because they do like that 2d side scroller. Austin did Austin beat Celeste recently. He loves yeah. that game. So it's like, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm glad that they like this side scrolling pared down type of video games as yeah. well as the big fancy ones. Yeah. So, uh, last topic I want to talk to you about, um, San Diego Comic-Con was this past week. I don't really want to talk about that. I want to talk about us going to San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. Uh, um, last one uh, 10 years ago, actually from this Whew. year, because, and the only reason I know that is because there was, and I posted it on Facebook. I don't know if you saw it. There was a look back at, um, your, your niece, uh, Molly. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The video. And I was like, Oh my God, she was so small. And then I was like, didn't like, Ryan's sister just posted a video of her playing softball or something, and she's just yeah. grown she's and much bigger now. <laughs> she's yes, exactly. Uh, but I was like, ten years ago, holy crap! San Diego Comic Con was ten years ago. Um, yeah, it was San Diego Comic Con's one of those. Some it's E three is one of these things. Um, I have bucket lists of events I want to go to someday, and that was always one of them. And the fact that you and I were able actually to do that was like so such a cool experience um was was that ever something you had thought about actually doing before we decided to do it i would never have done it if you had not said we should do it <laughs> now we had been to that, now that's now hang on that's that's not to say i wasn't interested because everyone's interested like it's you know it's a big deal and it's right. really cool if you're into that kind of thing um but I just I, I don't have the, the gumption or wherewithal to like 
So I pushed myself. The the pushing you of doing it is the right. So we had gone to several um, local comic book conventions. Planet Comic Con is the most is the biggest mm-hmm. one locally. Um, and we had gone to a couple of those, and we had talked about, hey, this would be a good you know idea. Those local comic book conventions prepared us for nothing. For no, that, for that show like failed in comparison. I I, yeah. I had always said, well, you know, I have experience from going to the local one. And I should be good. And it was so dwarfing just being in the city by itself. You couldn't go anywhere downtown without restaurants being converted or just, I always tell people about the trucks going by. Yeah. The, the walking dead truck with the arms and stuff hanging out of it. And, uh, um, what, what were, were there any big moments that you like really, really enjoyed from that? Yeah. So, Interestingly enough, like you, you get like a schedule ahead of time, so you can look and see <laughs> which we what tried. You do we tried to stick to where as you want to see. Could. <laughs> yeah, like Hall H was just like impossible. We couldn't do anything in there, and that was fine. But that's that's what was interesting to me was the the memories I have of the most interesting things were things that I wasn't expecting to be part of. the The biggest one was um, I was really interested in seeing. I'd watched the whole Avatar The Last series, and so I was really interested in seeing what they were doing next, which they had a panel for Korra. Um, but it was, like, late in the day. And this and was given before the Korra started, San right? San Diego Comic-Con. What was that? This was before Korra had started, right? This was, like, yeah. a pre... Yeah. There had been no information about it at all. This was brand new to the world, and I wanted to be, you know, right, right there to see it. Um and that's one thing that I don't think is clear to a lot of people about San Diego Comic-Con is the lines are insane. Like, the one for Hall H literally was a quarter mile long. Like, it, it wrapped around the harbor. Like, it was stupid. Um, so, in order to make sure I had a seat there, as long as you don't get up, you could stay in the rooms, you know, where things are being shown. Um so I went just whatever the first thing was, which I think it was a panel on um, feminism in comic books um, and the representation of, of women, uh, which was actually really interesting. Uh, Seth Green stepped up to the mic and asked a question. He was just in the audience. He was just I remember that. I remember the. Yeah, I remember that, that making news and you telling me about it. Yeah, it was really cool. Like, and, and it was an interesting panel. Um, and so I had sat through several throughout the day uh, next to some girl na- dressed like uh, Toph from Avatar. She was <laughs> uh, in the same boat. She wanted to see that. Um, but the cool thing I saw was there was a panel on, on voice actors. And it had like Tara Strong and Fred Tashator and, uh, gosh, several others. They're just you told like, me about this ahead of time. They're you like, were like the nine people that voice your childhood. Right. Well, see, you know what, what I mean? was really like, funny was you kept telling me about it. And I decided I wanted to go to some other panel that I ended up hating. And, and then I, all I could think about was rest of, like, sugar on that damn panel with Ryan. <laughs> oh, it was so cool. Well, for one, it was very like informative. They had another one that they did. Um, that was very more like business technical, if you right. want to get into voice acting, they were there. These legends were there to just tell you what what to do to get you know into the business, which was really cool. Um, but the the coolest thing they did though was to show just the range that they had and the ability to 
turn it on. Um, they had a reading right there. It was like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Tara Strong was Snow White, and then the rest of the crew, Robin Atkins Downs was another one. Um, and the guy that voices Pinky from Pinky in the Brain, and he's like everything. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's phenomenal. Anyways, so they they all had to like come up with different voices on the spot for the dwarves, and they did like this whole read through thing of this, um, you know, comical script or whatever. But it was just really cool seeing their ability to just perform that like instantaneously. And then um, whoever was the narrator guy was also just giving them different, um, like he would make them read it a different way, or he would make them. Um, read it in a way that was like sad or happy or, you know, manic or, you know, whatever the case would be. And they just effortlessly just do this. And it seems like something like, yeah, who shouldn't be able to do this, but it's so technically perfect the way they do it. And so it was really cool to be able to see that, um, in person. How so I remember that was, the, that was the big thing. I, think. I vividly remember the size of the, the floor just, mm-hmm. um, I'm not, uh, not scared but uh overwhelmed me like yeah i kept thinking we were at one end and we were only halfway on the floor and i was like we still have a whole nother half to go through <laughs> yeah I think we did all three days and i don't think we saw everything no we didn't and i was another thing is i tell people because um I remember we lost like an hour or so because the Diablo three section, because Diablo three hadn't released yet. And they had a big setup where they were like, Hey, come play Diablo three. We have it available on with a controller, Mm -hmm. mouse and keyboard. And I thought both of us went over there and got lost in playing it for a while. I know I did for at least an hour or two where I was just sitting Mm -hmm. there playing Diablo three off and on. Um, Which was funny because one of the things I was excited to go for was the video game stuff. And I just, I don't even think I ever got around to any of the video game stuff other than the Diablo three thing. Um, right. I, and yeah, you, you sit through, like I ended up sitting through like two panels that I didn't want to sit through to get to an Assassin's Creed panel because I was like, that was like the one video game thing I was like looking forward to cause they were supposed to be talking about it. It ended up being a panel right. just talking about how um, the technical aspects of how they build Assassin's Creed. But a fun thing came out of that because before I realized it, I was going to be sitting through um, a panel with Robert Kirkman, who developed um, Walking Dead and Invincible. And it was, he, he just did a QA, Q&A in the middle of it. And I was like, I was literally like 10 rows away from Robert Kirkman and one of the smallest freaking things. Because I think everybody was there for Walking Dead for the television show. And nobody even cared or knew who Robert Kirkman was. But here he is doing a small panel about walking dead and it's in one of the smaller hall or uh, right. conference rooms. And I got up and guy, I was like, screw it. I'm going to get up and ask questions. I texted a buddy of mine who's obsessed with him. And I had said, Hey, if I see Robert Kirkman out on the floor, you know, do you want anything? And he, my buddy Shane who lives in Kentucky and there's a kid character named Shane in walking dead who's from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And he was like, tell him, I didn't appreciate what happened to Shane from Kentucky. And I was sitting there and I was sitting there and people were getting up and going. I'm sitting here talking to this guy next to me. Who's only there for the Assassin's Creed panel. And I'm like, I'm going to get up and ask a question. Will you record this? And he was like, sure. And so I got up and I was like, um, 
and I'm standing in this line and I'm like, I don't want to be that guy that just asks or says this random thing. So I developed or just by listening to other people talking to Robert Kirkman about what they're talking about and the adaptation adaptation that they were going through, trying to convert it to a television show and all this other stuff. I came up with three questions and he was, I was towards the tail end. I was like, all right, well, I've got three questions if we have time. And he's like, uh, I'll give you two. And I said, okay, um, first is this and this. And he, and he answered, he was like, these are great questions so far. And then I go, and then I have one thing I do have to tell you. I have a friend from Kentucky named Shane. And I was under strict instruction to tell you that he did not appreciate what happened to <laughs> Shane from Kentucky. And he goes, will you tell your friend I wrote that scene just about him? And, <laughs> and, and he goes, he goes, do you want me to get an autograph for him and everything? So I was like, sure. So I went back and grabbed my autograph book. And while he's finishing up the Q&A panel, I hand it to him and he signs it to Shane from Kentucky, Robert Kirkman. And I remember cutting this thing out and sending it to my buddy. And then I texted him the, the video of it. And he was right. like, this is amazing. He has that thing framed. <laughs> he has like the number, like a number one or some specific issue from the walking dead with it framed next to it, hanging on his wall in his living room. And right. he's, he's, he's always talking about that. Yeah. I don't know if you knew this or not. I actually got my copy of the first walking dead, which I actually had a copy of signed by him there. Oh, while we were there. Yeah. Well, that's right. Cause I he think was, it was also, one of those times we were separate, but yeah, he, cause he was also out at the booth for not only the yeah. walking dead, but for another comic or something he was working on. Cause he, cause I walked by him and I said, Hey, thanks for signing that thing. And everything he goes, Oh, no problem, man. And we actually talked for a second about him being excited for the television show and all this other yep. stuff going on. It was just like, and it was so real. I remember, one of my favorite moments, and it wasn't even anything in, like really interesting that happened. First of all, the crowds. Like I can't imagine being in those crowds we walked through post COVID. Like oh yeah, like just <laughs> squeezing through everything. But I'll never like forget. I'll, yeah. I'll never forget. Like you were in front of me, and mm-hmm. at one point you turned and your eyes got really big. And I'm like, what, dude? Just keep going forward. Like, we can, we're squick. Literally, every inch of our bodies were touching other people just trying to squeeze through this crowd. And mm-hmm. you kind of moved your head over. And I looked and walking the complete other direction, who's eventually rubbed his shoulder by me, looked me dead in the eye, was Triple H. And I went, yeah. and I went, and I surrounded I looked, by four dudes that made him look tiny. Right. And I looked <laughs> at him. And he looked at me right in our eye. Like we made eye contact. We nodded at each other and we kept moving. And we, I just looked at you like, mm-hmm. what was that? Like, I don't. And then just seeing movie stars just standing up on stages talking and like Nathan yeah. Fillion was at the G4 booth and all this other. And I was just like looking around. They like, had a whole Marvel thing. Oh, yeah. Did, did they have the, cause they had the Iron Man suit set up too, didn't they? And yeah. they were prepping. Well, and they showed. They showed um, the uh, first Captain America movie at San Diego Comic Con, right? Which, before it, it was like a month before it came out in theaters, right? And you and I were like, "That's because I was talking about like, man, I really don't want to go see." I, like, we, I was like, "I'm excited to see Cowboys and Aliens. We can see it while we're out here." But it was like, "Or we can go see Captain America." And I'm like, uh, "I mean, Captain America sounds like the winner to me." <laughs> so yeah, and like we we missed out on watching it with Chris Evans in the theater by like a day. Right. It was ridiculous. (laughs) I was like, oh, frustrating. I just, it was, it's a cool experience. Uh, I don't know if it'll ever be the same post COVID 
So I'm I'm kind of glad we got to experience it when we did. Yeah. Um, so I just it was it was a blast. Um, yeah, it was a really cool time. Brian, thank you for doing two shows with me tonight. Um, hey, not a problem. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Ryan will be on the Real Superhero Project where we'll be reviewing Big Hero Six. So check that out. Uh, hope to have you come on again in the future, and uh, I will work out with your wife when she will also be on the Real Superhero Project. Uh, I want that a little bit further down the line because I kind of I'm looking forward to her having the power of moving a movie. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what. Strap it, in. Yeah, and everything will be randomized. I'm not handing. I'm not handpicking those movies. So at the end of every episode, <laughs> I'm going to randomize. So it's just a matter of picking the episode as we go. So she has opinions. Oh, I know. Ready. I know she does. Um, and <laughs> and I love her to death for all of her opinions. Um, again, thank you, sir. Um, yeah, no problem. Oh wait, I got to do something because Sam's not here. I gotta. I gotta end the show properly. Ryan, thank you for joining me. And as always. Enjoy your games. I'm going to talk while this plays. Just give me 10 seconds. Mm-hmm.